Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack Warriors. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 195. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me, according to the regulation and uniform code of military justice. So help me God. It took us 60 years to get to this point. The solution I proposed would take 40 years to turn things around, and that's if an overwhelming majority of Americans embrace the solution immediately. Let's find out in this week's episode if you agree with me. If you do, let's see if we can start a movement. You might want to sit down for this one. I'm going to stop asking you for gifts to support this show and begin asking you to help me get more listeners to the Cantankerous Catholic. It won't cost you anything except a few minutes of your time. The more reviews the Cantankerous Catholic gets, the more often it's displayed by the podcast aggregators when people are looking for new podcasts. 
Occasionally, this might cause the cantankerous Catholic to get attention from Podcast Magazine, the industry's trade magazine. So click on the link in my show notes that says, Rank and Review the Cantankerous Catholic so more Catholics can join us. Then write a short review. Doesn't cost you anything, and it doesn't make me anything. It just gets more listeners for the Cantankerous Catholic and makes the USCCB live it. That's a good thing. The political solution to America's problems isn't Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. They're merely band-aids on the bullet wound that's killing America. If the solution I'm about to propose is embraced by an overwhelming majority of Americans right now, we'd still have a big problem enacting the solution because of a tiny minority. It's not a racial minority, and I'm not even talking about liberals. The minority I'm talking about is every single politician in America, both Democrat and Republican. I fully understand why the Democrats would buck this solution, but for the life of me, I can't understand why Republicans would buck. I just know that they would. Roughly 60 years ago, college and university professors began promoting Marxism. None of them were bold enough to call it that, or maybe that was part of the overall scheme, but they were teaching Marxism nonetheless. It took this long for the Marxist seed to fully produce fruit. Because of the last 60 years of planting the Marxist orchard, today we have a full-blown attempt to turn America into a Marxist state. Thanks to colleges and universities promoting Marxism all these years, we have Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the extreme loony left wing of the Democrat Party, and mentally deranged and anti-American people like George Soros, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg. None of these people really give a damn about things like transgenderism or that made-up farce called climate change. What they care about is causing chaos, division, and the destruction of our civil society. They know that by doing this, they can achieve what Nikita Khrushchev, the leader of the Soviet Union, said in 1956 at the Western Ambassador's reception at the Polish Embassy in Moscow. We will take America without firing a shot. We do not need to invade the U.S. We will destroy you from within. And that's exactly what's happening. The reason Khrushchev was able to say such a thing was because the old Soviet Union had already begun its long-term plan of infiltrating our colleges and universities with Marxist professors to form the minds and ideologies of America's future leaders and it worked. Once all of the post-secondary schools were completely taken over by the Marxists, they began to focus on the secondary educational institutions. It took a while to infiltrate them, though not as long as the universities, but once infiltration was achieved, the takeover of primary education was swift and devastating. Now pretender Biden and his administration are attempting to take away parental rights over the education of their children. Parents and grandparents who show up at school board meetings to protest the Marxist and far-left-wing ideologies being taught are declared domestic terrorists and oftentimes find themselves being intimidated with the presence of local law enforcement in tactical gear at these meetings. 
There's been an explosion of homeschooling since 2020, and now many GOP politicians are calling for the abolition of the Department of Education, even former Trump Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos. This is a great start to solving the problem of Marxist education in the country, but it doesn't go anywhere nearly far enough. I propose two things to solve the problem in education that will do more to make America great again than anything Donald Trump did while President of the United States. There are 1,626 state colleges and universities in America's 50 states. Every one of them is supported with the tax dollars of each state's residents. We have to ask ourselves why we go along with financing our own national destruction by contributing funds to these state-sponsored post-secondary institutions that promote Marxism. Personally, I'd like to see every one of those 1,600 institutions completely shut down, and we taxpayers have the power to do that. That'll never happen, though, because Mommy and Daddy's precious little snowflakes have to have their worthless degrees in women's studies and queer studies. However, the very least that needs to be done is to force all of the state, college, and university educators and administrators to swear an oath in writing to defend their state and federal constitution as a condition of their employment. Then, any violation of that oath that can be proven should result in immediate dismissal and possible criminal charges based on the appropriate state laws enacted for that purpose. After all, it's one thing to teach students what Marxism is, and quite another to indoctrinate them in Marxism. I think the American taxpayer is ripe for this sort of reform, but my next suggestion is one that most will reject upon hearing it for the first time. Look at your personal property tax bill. It doesn't matter what state you live in. Schools and education is the highest amount in your tax bill. Where I am, nearly 70% of my personal property tax goes to education. Why in the world do we have to pay taxes to support an educational system that doesn't teach what we want our children to learn and consistently rank near the bottom of educational achievement in developed countries? I know I don't want to, and I don't know any reasonable American who does. I believe from the bottom of my heart that we must completely close down all public schools. First, as the Catholic Church teaches, parents are the primary educators of their children. Not public school teachers, not parish school teachers are all most as bad as public school. And it only makes sense that if you love your children, you'll want to be their primary educators. Second, nowhere in the Constitution does it guarantee the right to an education. And there are reasons the framers didn't guarantee that right. Had they guaranteed that right, they would have also, by necessity, had to spell out what a constitutionally guaranteed right to an education had to look like, and that would have circumvented the rights of parents for what they wanted their children to learn. All of our founding fathers and framers of the Constitution were highly educated men, but none of them got their education in public schools. They didn't even exist. Most didn't even attend university. They got their education in what would today be called homeschooling and is known as the Great Books Program. They read the great philosophers, the natural sciences, works on logic and reason, works on the logic of mathematics, 
French, because it's the diplomatic language, chemistry, history, the Bible, the scholastic philosophy of Aquinas and Augustine, music, law, economics, literature, political science, and much more. They had a well-rounded education by reading from home, then discussing it with their fathers. Did you take note of that, dads? A return to this sort of education is the only way to save our children from the current state of education. Eliminate or defund all schools and state colleges and universities. Lobby our legislatures to defund them, then to give us vouchers from our personal property tax to use on private schools we trust or for homeschooling. The best great books program for homeschooling I've found so far is the Great Books Academy and Homeschool Program. I'm sure there are more, but in the limited time I had for research, this is the best I've found. The link will be in my show notes for this episode at cantankerouscatholic.com. There are several Catholic schools that have the Great Books program for college. One that impressed me was St. John's College. They have campuses in Annapolis, Maryland, and Santa Fe, New Mexico. Their website has all of the study resources from freshman to senior. You'll also find a link to St. John's College in my show notes for this episode at cantankerouscatholic.com. So this is my proposal. Do we attempt to start a national movement by starting an organization? Do we just try individual efforts? Do you even agree with me? Under the show notes for this episode is a place where you can share comments. Post your thoughts there and let me know what you think. Let's discuss this issue. I believe we can save our children and help save America this way. Everyone searches the internet to solve problems or fill needs they have. For many of you, I've already done the heavy lifting. Discounting the evil things searched for online, people generally search for things that tell them how to make money online, health and wellness products, and trading and investing. Some are interested in having their own podcast. I've got your back on these things. Visit cantankerouscatholic.com. Go to the episodes page, then click on the title of this episode. Below the podcast player, you'll see my show notes. I've already listed products and services in various groupings. Check them out. You can help yourself and this apostolate at the same time because if you like what you see and purchase the products or services, this apostolate will get a small commission. Check out those links today. It's time for the Sacred Heart Wins with Bishop Joseph Strickland. Each week, His Excellency answers your toughest questions about the Catholic faith, the problems in the church, spiritual questions, catechetical topics, or anything else you want to know. If you have a question, just email it to joe at cantankerouscatholic.com. Now here's Bishop Strickland and Joseph Pack, the Every Catholic Guy. Six-Pack Warriors, we have Bishop Strickland with us again for this week's Sacred Heart Wins. How are you today, Bishop? Good, Joe. How are you? Okay, what? <laughs> okay, fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right into these. 
Uh, a fellow by, that goes by the handle of Diogenes Radar Gun from Gab.com wants to know what you think about homeschooling. I think it's um, great. Um, we need to support parents. The church teaches that parents are the primary educators, and that certainly follows the model of, of God's plan. And so parents should make those decisions. And I certainly don't blame them in the present world to, to just say, we'll do it ourselves. Um, and especially in the younger grades, I know it gets challenging for older children that are getting more complex issues to deal with. Um, but I, I certainly encourage it. And I'm, I'm working with our Catholic schools. We have a few Catholic schools in the diocese to really be a, a collaboration. Um, and realize that the church is here for every family that comes to us seeking truth. And so we need to support them in whatever their household decides is the best model for that. You know, I've, I've often wondered what the schools in your diocese must be like the, uh, uh, I can't be very pleased with any of them in my archdiocese. <laughs> so yeah. well, I've it's often a constant wondered. battle because the culture's really working against the truth. And so in schools, but we have good schools and we just keep trying to make them better, more full of the truth of the church and the light of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Excellency. Uh, Mark asks, why did bishops refuse to take action at the beginning of the homosexual infiltration of the church? Well, I, I really don't have the answer to that. I think some did. Um, I know I've read things from bishops and archbishops from from really years that I'd never met that I just read some excerpts of what they had to say. I think bishops did, uh, but certainly not uh, enough. And and too many are are sympathetic to the idea that we need to turn a blind eye to the teaching of the church. Um, so that mix of of confusion uh, certainly leaves us with a less than clear um, teaching from the hierarchy. But uh, we need to remember that there were bishops like Bishop Fulton Sheen. I mean, he didn't, I don't think, address that directly, but he certainly urged us to embrace the truth of Christ. And that's really where it starts. If we're doing that, then that's one aspect that, you know, gets lots of headlines today but it's certainly not the totality of our humanity to deal. We need to deal with these sexual moral issues. Absolutely. Um, and we, if we are rooted in the truth of Christ, then that's the best foundation to deal with them from. Very good. Excellency. Todd asks, how do we reaffirm our poorly catechized relatives in the true faith? Uh, many Catholics believe the Catholic church is only one of many ways to salvation. Well, um, the main answer is to just continue to catechize, to share the truth. Um, the catechism deals with all of that issue and reminds us that Christ established the true church um, and the Catholic church is where that is found. Um, and we, we need to, thankfully, what the church teaches, and I think we do need in that context of this question, we need to always remember that through baptism, 
people are part of the church. I have to remind myself of that in a diocese where more than 90% of the people are not Catholic. Uh, a large majority of them are baptized. And a person who is baptized is at that beginning level, a member of the church. And I think that's the, always the context of, of um, reaching out to them, apologetics and teaching the faith to those who are nominally Catholic or not. Uh, some of the, the Protestants or the uh, non-Catholics that are in our area really are better catechized than some of the Catholics. <laughs> I think so we have to, in real compassion, compassion is to share the truth. And so we have to reach out to everyone and just acknowledge that educationally, we're in bad shape across the board, certainly with the church and catechesis, but just education um, in too many ways in the public schools and in any institution is not really education. It's more indoctrination or training. Um, and that is we've got to get back to real education and certainly in the church to catechesis in the truth of the faith. Thank you, Excellency. Six-Pack Warriors, this is an excellent opportunity to remind you. We finish our summer break on September 11, and I will begin again to uh, do the Sharing the Faith webinars every Sunday. Uh, if you are interested shoot, and, and you're not on my list and you don't get the invitations, please shoot me an email and I will happily uh, I will happily add you to the list to make sure you get these exclusive invitations every week because we share the entirety of the faith, not just part of it, not the parts we like. We share everything, whether I like it or not. <laughs> okay. Excellency, I'm not sure that I understand this next one, but I put it in the way the man asked it. Walter would like you to comment on the culture of death exacerbating gun violence almost exclusively among 18 to 21-year-old males and the contribution of 60 million legal deaths from abortion to this culture. Well, I kind of agree with you, Joe. <laughs> I, I, I believe I understand the, the heartache that the, the question addresses, but... Uh, the best I can say, yes, we are dealing with a culture of death in many dimensions. And the tragedy of so often young men um, taking a gun and attacking people, uh, that goes back to the, the roots of, of a culture of death, where families are not strong, where men aren't taught how to be men, uh, where Amen. the value of every person is lost in the midst of confusion and just broken families. So sadly, both the abortion issue, the, the mass shootings of whatever kind are all rooted in the same lack of valuing every person as created in the image and likeness of God. Very good, Excellency. Thank you. I'm glad you had a better understanding of that question than I did. Okay, Six Pack Warriors, that ends this episode. We'll see you next week on The Sacred Heart Wins. Goodbye, Excellency. Goodbye, Joe. I need to tell you something very important. Every Catholic needs to be listening to The Cantankerous Catholic because this show helps people learn to navigate through these tumultuous times as well as learn, understand, and live our faith better. 
You can help other Catholics find the Cantankerous Catholic much easier by leaving a review. Reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show the Cantankerous Catholic more often to people looking for Catholic podcasts. For your convenience, there's a link in my show note for ratings and reviews. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. In the 8th century, a Basilian monk was in the town of Lanciano, Italy. He was having doubts about the real presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist and had begged God for the light of faith to resolve his doubts. While celebrating Mass at the words of consecration, this is my body, this is my blood, the monk was amazed to see the host turn into real flesh and the wine in the chalice turn into real blood. Needless to say, the monk's faith in the real presence was restored. This is the first and greatest of Eucharistic miracles in the history of the Church and is commonly known as the miracle of Lanciano. There are several interesting facts about this miracle you may want to know. The first thing to note is, after 1,200 years, the flesh and blood are still intact. Over the centuries, the flesh has turned a reddish-brown and the blood has coagulated into five globules of different sizes and shapes. It should have long ago deteriorated into dust, but it remains visible to this day. In 1970, Dr. Adorno Linoli, an eminent professor of pathological histology and anatomy, was given permission to test and study the relics. His findings, released in 1971, were amazing. He discovered that both the flesh and the blood are of human origin. The flesh is human heart muscle, and both the flesh and the blood are of the same type, AB, identical, incidentally, to the blood found on the Shroud of Turin. Although the flesh and blood was kept in an ivory vessel from the 8th century until it was transferred to a crystal reliquary and monstrance in 1713 and was exposed to the environmental elements, both flesh and blood maintain the qualities of human flesh and blood. The preservation of the flesh and blood, which were left in their natural state for 12 centuries and exposed to the actions of atmospheric and biological agents, remains an extraordinary phenomenon. Dr. Linoli was permitted to conduct additional testing and studies in 1981, which not only confirmed his original findings, but uncovered additional information that reinforced the authenticity of this extraordinary miracle. It was also discovered that the globules of blood, when rehydrated, became as fresh as if they had just been drawn from a live vein. All five globules, despite being of different sizes and shapes, all weigh exactly the same, and when weighed together, they weigh the same as any one globule. 
Although we don't see this taking place, that our senses continue to see ordinary bread and ordinary wine, we all get to witness this miracle of the bread and wine becoming the body and blood of Jesus Christ at every holy sacrifice of the Mass. But this isn't the only miracle taking place during Mass. There is yet another miracle taking place at every Mass, celebrated in every Catholic parish church every day of the year. It's the sort of miracle you never hear about, never read about, and it's only ever covered in theology and philosophy classes in the best seminaries. If it has a name, I don't know what it is, but I can at least try to explain it for you. We are limited in our human experience by the restrictions of time, space, and dimension. Time for man is linear, which means we can't alter time. We just experience it from one instance to the next. The same is true of space. The restrictions of space force us to be in only one place at one time. Regarding dimension, we know there is our world, but there is also heaven, hell, and purgatory. Yet we can't cause ourselves to go to any of those other dimensions of our own power. We're stuck right here in our dimension of earthly existence. God, on the other hand, who created time, space, and dimension, isn't at all limited by those factors. He sees all of time simultaneously, from the beginning of time to the end of time, and all the events in between. Because he is omnipresent, God is present in every space he created, and he keeps those spaces in existence by an act of his holy will. The same is true of dimension. God keeps our earthly dimension, heaven, hell, and purgatory in existence by his holy will and is present in all of them by the mere fact he created them and holds them in existence. When we are present at the holy sacrifice of the Mass, which is a representation of the sacrifice Jesus made to God on our behalf, we are in the physical presence of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, both on the altar and in the tabernacle. Because we are with him, in a mystical way, we are also present with him through the entire redemption of mankind. This means we are simultaneously present in the upper room when he instituted the Eucharist, in the Garden of Gethsemane during his agony, with him during his scourging and crowning with thorns, standing with him as he's condemned to death, walking alongside him while he carries his cross to Golgotha, and standing at the foot of the cross while he dies for our sins, all while standing, sitting, and kneeling as the priest celebrates the holy sacrifice of the Mass. This is a monumental miracle. We Catholics are taught we have to have the same dispositions at Mass we would have had if we had been standing at the foot of the cross with the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. John. Now you know why we're supposed to have those same dispositions, if I've done well in explaining this miracle of the Mass. This is why it's so important not just important, but demanded by God the Father, that we show the proper signs of respect during the Mass. This is why we kneel and genuflect at the appropriate times and in the proper manner. This is why we are to be silent at any time we are in the church where the tabernacle rests and the Mass is celebrated, even if the Mass isn't being celebrated. This is why we don't wave and hug and kiss during the sign of peace. This is why we dress modestly for Mass, not exposing thighs, cleavage, and bare shoulders. This is why we're supposed to wear our Sunday best in the presence of the King. 
This is why we're to make certain we're in a state of grace, free of serious sin, before we go to communion, availing ourselves of confession if we're not in a state of grace. Of all the religions in the world, ours is the only one where God actually comes to be with his people. God became man. The God-man preached to us how he wants us to live, then left his holy church to be our guide in his physical absence. He sacrificed every drop of his blood to redeem us from sin, then did the most remarkable thing of all by allowing us to share his divine nature through the reception of the Holy Eucharist when the God-man physically enters into and abides with man. The two miracles of the Mass are the Holy Eucharist and his allowing us to be with him at its institution and throughout his passion. These are the most amazing, remarkable miracles in the history of mankind. Got a business or an apostolate? Why not consider advertising on the Cantankerous Catholic? I'll give you nine reasons why you should. One, 82.4% of podcast listeners spend more than seven hours per week listening to podcasts. Two, 54% of listeners are more likely to buy something advertised on a podcast because they like and trust the host. Three, podcasts are proven to get more ad results to highly refined targeted audience. The smaller audiences on podcasts buy more than the largest audiences on terrestrial radio or television. Four, our listeners' annual household income is $75,000 or higher. Five, 49% of Americans listen to podcasts monthly. Six, 55% of Americans listen to podcasts. Seven, three out of four listeners listen to learn new things, ideal for advertisers. Eight, 82.4% of podcast listeners spend more than seven hours per week listening to podcasts. Nine, advertising on the Cantankerous Catholic helps support a completely orthodox apostolate poised to help instigate a Catholic revival, and one's coming. Over 81% of our more than 70,000 listeners are right here in America. We're listened to in all 50 states and tens of thousands of cities and towns. Advertising on the Cantankerous Catholic costs far less than you might think. I'm not trying to make a living, but only keep this apostolate alive, and you'd be helping with that. So reach out to me today at joeatcantankerouscatholic.com, and let's talk about it. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Isaac Jogues. He said, My confidence is placed in God who does not need our help for accomplishing his designs. Our single endeavor should be to give ourselves to the work and to be faithful to him and not to spoil his work by our own shortcomings. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. 
Paradise Street in heaven was full of souls, but St. Peter was perplexed by the faces of all the strangers he met along the way. Peter told Jesus about all the souls he'd seen who he hadn't let in. That night, Jesus and Peter walked along the walls of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus asked, what's the Milky Way doing over in that direction? Peter replied, Master, I don't know, but as we get closer, I think what looked like stars are really a string of beads. So it is, remarked Jesus. It's my mother's rosary reaching over heaven's walls, one end curving into the glow of purgatory's fire, and the other to the earth and beyond. You're right, Master, exclaimed Peter. Bead by bead, souls are climbing up to your mother. Peter started to move forward to look into the matter, but Jesus laid his hand on Peter's shoulder. He whispered, Shh, Peter, let it be. Then they silently made their way back to the city of God. The rosary is one of the sacramentals we Catholics use to gain spiritual and temporal favors from God through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Since she's your mother, Mary's anxious to help you in your needs on earth, but especially in purgatory. Jesus will hardly deny anything his mother asks for when you pray the rosary. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.